When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Sometimes it's the normal, sometimes it's the abnormal, and sometimes it's the paranormal. But it's always beyond reality. Welcome, everyone. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Glad to have you along tonight. We are uh, the second night into our Alien Week. Why Alien Week this week? Because there's been a tremendous groundswell of interest in what's going on in Area 51 or at Area 51, depending on how you look at it. And in fact, uh, there is a movement which turns out to have been a bit of a tongue-in-cheek movement, but it created a stir called the Storm Area 51 movement. Once again, I'll reiterate, we do not want anybody, and neither do the organizers of anything going on near Area 51, want anyone to seriously consider storming the fences of a top-secret military facility. But what it has done, it has spawned a, a, a number of events that will be going on this weekend, Friday and Saturday nights, near Area 51, including one that we talked about last night called the Storm Area 1 Storm Area 51 Base Camp Festival. And there are a couple other things happening as well. They expect like 30,000 people to actually show up. So last night we talked about that. Tonight we're going to be talking about the Allies of Humanity. It's a group of extraterrestrial beings from various planets who are trying, trying to help guide us by imparting wisdom upon us. And we'll be talking with Reed Summers about that. His father is actually the conduit for this information. And uh, Reed will be explaining what it's all about during tonight's discussion. Tomorrow night, Joshua P. Warren will be on the show. Joshua is a great friend of the program. And he'll be giving us a report from the ground near Area 51. And then to round Alien Week off here on uh, Beyond Reality Radio Thursday night, Jeremy Finley, who is an investigative reporter, he'll be talking about the real-life research and experiences that inspired his book or his alien abduction novels. He's got several. So a lot of great stuff uh, coming up as it relates to aliens and UFOs. And uh, I'm going to segue into a story here. But before I do, I I just heard uh, some news that I really want to share. Um, One of our good friends and a frequent guest on our program and many, many paranormal-based discussion programs, um, Lauren Coleman, cryptozoologist, groundbreaking researcher, Uh, has suffered a stroke. Uh, He is recovering at this point. We are obviously sending our love and our prayers to Lauren and his family. And we hope, and I hope you'll all join me in sending good vibes and and thoughts toward him for a speedy recovery. Lauren Coleman suffered a stroke, and we want him to recover and get back on this program to talk about all the things that he talks about, particularly cryptozoology topics like Bigfoot and, and, um, and other such topics. Um, but as I said, segueing, this, this couldn't be a better week for Alien Week because the U.S. Navy has finally confirmed that three videos allegedly showing UFOs are, are legitimate. 
The service says that the videos taken by Navy pilots show unexplained aerial phenomena. Now, that's uh, been shortened to UAP, which is now replacing UFO as the official uh, moniker for such activities. So UAP, unexplained aerial phenomena, but also says that the clips should never have been released publicly. The three videos are titled FLIR-1, Gimbal, and Go Fast, and they show two separate encounters between Navy aircraft and UFOs. One of the videos was taken in 2015 off the East Coast by a fighter jet that was using an aircraft's onboard advanced targeting forward-looking infrared pod. That's the FLIR. And the other clip was uh, recorded with a Super Hornet, Super Hornet FLIR pod. Super Hornet is another aircraft. And it was taken off the California coast in 2004 by pilots flying from the aircraft carrier USS Nimitz. In the videos, air crews are actually loudly debating what the objects are and where they came from. The videos were released for public viewing by the New York Times. And they were released to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, which is a UFO research group from former Blink-182 member Tom DeLong. I know Tom DeLong has been very, very aggressive in trying to get to the bottom of all of this and uh, get some disclosure. So we thank him for his work. So those videos were not supposed to be released, according to the Navy, and they are. I can't tell them, can't, you, you can't say they are, are certainly alien aircraft, but the Navy says they are unidentified and they cannot explain them. So that's a step in that direction for sure. Uh, one other thing I, I read today that I thought was a bit scary, in fact. Um, you know, humanity forever has been warned of playing God. The, uh, the idea of creating life or altering life by the hands of man is, has been something that's been talked about a lot. Is it ethical? Is it, uh, you know, is it, is it, um, is it dangerous? Well, it appears that it could be very well be dangerous, whether it's ethical or not. I'll leave that to other I'll leave that up to other people to decide. But genetically modified mosquitoes, you may have heard of this story. They were designed by scientists to help um, decrease populations of mosquitoes. They were designed genetically to have offspring that would not survive. Turns out that's not working. In fact, just the opposite is happening. According to new research, the plan to create gene-hacked mosquitoes that have offspring which die immediately has spectacularly backfired, and now scientists don't know what will happen next. The modified mosquitoes were released in Brazil and were supposed to mix with the local population of mosquitoes and decrease their numbers with weak offspring genetics. And initially, the wild population of mosquitoes did plummet for a while, but 18 months later, it's actually surpassed original levels. And this is most concerning because scientists think the new super mosquitoes actually have properties that may make them ultimately more difficult to kill. And one more thing that I find a little bit, uh, I don't know, I'm curious what you think about this, actually. The Whitney Houston estate has announced that Whitney Houston is going on tour. Now, we know that Whitney Houston has passed away several years ago, but they have announced a hologram tour. The concert series will be called An Evening with Whitney, the Whitney Houston Hologram Tour. Brian Becker, who's the chairman and CEO of Bass Entertainment, which is producing the, the show, says Whitney Houston was a talent beyond words and her influence in artistry transcended all boundaries. When she performed, there was not an, there was an, an unmatched level of charisma and emotion to it. And that's what we are going to bring to audiences. 
According to BASE, this company, the tour will feature state-of-the-art technology and digitally remastered arrangements of Houston's biggest hits. The hologram will be backed by a live band, singers, and dancers with a uh, very uh, famed choreographer, Fatima Robinson, hired to direct the production. And the late singer's estate has also shared details about the tour on Instagram. So they're going to be using, they're going to be taking Whitney Houston, who has passed away, in hologram form on tour, a concert tour. I don't know what I think about that either. A lot of weird stuff going on in the news these days, right? Um, So tonight we're going to be talking about the allies of humanity. And Reed Summers will be joining us to talk about that. He's a teacher and an author. And we're going to bring him into the program in just a moment after this break. It's Beyond Reality Radio. A lot of great conversation coming up. Don't go away. Look out, Rochester. Scaricon is coming for you. The Northeast's leading fan convention for all things pop culture is celebrating its ninth year at the Rochester Riverside Hotel, October 18th through the 20th. Scaricon brings an amazing group of celebrities, panel discussions, film screenings, great vendors, and amazing parties. It's a weekend of fun from start to finish, and it's family friendly. For more information, visit Scaricon.com and check us out on Facebook. Use the promo code BRR at checkout to save 20% on your admission. That's Scaricon.com, October 18th through the 20th in Rochester, New York. Tonight we're going to be talking about the allies of humanity with Reed Summers. Reed is a teacher and an author. Reed, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Great to have you here. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. I'm not sure where to start in this discussion, but let's kind of lay the groundwork so that everything we talk about moving forward makes some sense. And the first thing I'll ask then is who are the allies of humanity? The allies of humanity are a small group of extraterrestrial observers who have in their briefings stated that they have come to the vicinity of the earth to observe the extraterrestrial intervention occurring in our world, which constitutes a large majority of the present day sightings and other reported phenomena that we hear about. Uh, and to report on the activities of this intervention and provide their wisdom to humanity so that we can understand the nature of contact as it's happening and really what it means for our world. So is it fair to say that this is a group of extraterrestrials that are here to help us, um, ex- not accept, but sort of deal with, I guess, uh, another group of extraterrestrials? Correct. So, so stepping back a moment, uh, the, the overall picture they present is that we are an emerging world undergoing contact with other forms of intelligent life. And these forms of intelligent life are not necessarily the benevolent or the altruistic. Uh, These are, in fact, forces that have come the long distance to get here for a reason, uh, for their own agenda. And this agenda is quite dark and does not have our best interests in mind. And seeing this occur, several worlds in our vicinity of space, uh, free worlds, Seeing that humanity was at risk of losing its freedom, sent a mission to Earth to observe this intervention and report on its activities. So, yes, the allies of humanity um, state that they are here to support humanity's sovereignty in the universe and its safe and successful emergence out into a larger universe of life, uh, and yet at the same time are revealing the agenda of those forces that are intervening and really weaving um, their tentacles into this world in many different ways. So the the extraterrestrials that are here for nefarious purposes, do we know who they are? Do we know where they come from? And do we ultimately know what they want? Well, this is what the Allies of Humanity briefings present. Uh, we just published the fourth book of the Allies of Humanity, I think last weekend. 
Uh, it's available on Amazon for just 99 cents. Uh, we're trying to make this information as accessible as possible. Uh, and in this new book from the Allies and in their previous three, they detail um, who these forces are, why they're here, what they're doing, and ultimately the end game. What do they actually want? We can get into that as we proceed. There's, there's a lot there to, to unpack. Yeah, for certain. Um, and the Allies of Humanity, this small group of what I guess we would consider to be benefactor extraterrestrials, um, how many are there? Do we know what kind of uh, alien races they are? And how are we certain that they are here for our benefit? Uh, great question. So the Allies of Humanity as I said, state that they represent several different worlds. How many? They do not state. They do not give the names of these worlds. They do not give the names of those intervening in our world. And the reason is is that these names would be meaningless to us. And they actually, these names wouldn't actually help us assess the fundamental situation. It's as if we were the native peoples of North America, South America, the New World, encountering forces on tall ships coming over the seas. And these individuals said, well, we come from France or Portugal or Spain, and we represent the queen such and such. Name-dropping like that would, would in all likelihood be for a reason. It's either to intimidate, to impress, or to create all sorts of uh, fantasy around, around the core phenomenon itself. And as the Native peoples, it's imperative that we be able to see the basic truth that when you add up all the phenomena going on in the world today, sightings, abductions, interaction with governments over many decades, and, all, and keeping all of this hidden from the public, what we're dealing with is not a friendly visitation, but first contact with forces from beyond our world who are here for their reasons, not our reasons. Um, so to answer your question, though, uh, names are not given by the Allies, simply an assessment. And I think that's actually pretty, pretty interesting, because what would we need to finally get out of phase one of the query about contact, which is what is happening, sightings and all the phenomena associated with it, to phase two, what does it mean? What do we do in light of it? And I think the Allies of Humanity briefings take us really into that phase two. Now, this uh, information and this contact um, has all occurred through the work of your father, right? Correct. Tell us about how that happened. Well, so it's a big story and a, and a pretty mysterious one. Um, my father, Marshall Vian Summers, began teaching what he called self-knowledge and inner guidance way back in the 80s. And his work at that time acknowledged that we have a spiritual intelligence and that that intelligence seeks to unite with our thinking intelligence to move our life in a certain way, in a certain direction, to bring us into contact with certain people for a certain purpose that's unique to us. And so my father taught this for a number of years, and over that time really developed a rather mysterious connection with um, unse- an unseen angelic presence, as he would later describe it. And with this angelic presence over many years, Marshall brought forward um, a long a great body of, of information, which, which he now calls the new message from God. And he feels that this is a revelation from the creator of all life, given, in fact, to prepare our world for this very reality of contact, to prepare humanity to 
step out into a larger universe, which is really the next step for us. And um, this new message from God is available. I encourage people to read it and listen to the original uh, audio revelations of it. And as this ensued, this message, another contact began to occur. Now, Marshall wasn't seeking this. He, he wasn't expecting it either. This was, this was out of the blue, <laughs> and it was challenging for him and our family. Uh, and this was contact with the Allies of Humanity, with this off-planet physical extraterrestrial presence who, whose stated purpose was to speak about the position we are facing, uh, the position of humanity at this time in our world, and where we're going in terms of this larger universe. And that extraterrestrial message corroborated and supported very much the new message from God that Marshall had been receiving for many years up to that time. All right, we're going to go to break. So, oh, I'm sorry, go yeah. ahead. You, you can finish the no, thought. No, We've I, got about 30 seconds. Okay, yeah, so, so at this present day, you know, Marshall has been in the process of, of a very mysterious journey receiving this revelation and this off-planet communication. We're talking with Reed Summers. Reed is a teacher and an author. The website for uh, the information that we're talking about tonight is alliesofhumanity.org, and we are talking about the Allies of Humanity. And, Reed, I want to bring you back to uh, the discussion about uh, your father as he started to receive these messages. Um, how old were you about at the time? Um, well, let's see. The Allies Book 1 was given in 1997, so I would have been about 13 years old at that point. And what, what did you notice any, I mean, you're old enough to actually be aware of what was going on, obviously, in your household. Did, uh, as your father started receiving these messages, did it change his personality at all? Did his demeanor change? Did anything change in the way he was living his life? Oh, God, no. No, not at all. I mean, Marshall, again, was really, at this point, a mystic. I mean, he'd been in communication with this angelic presence for, oh, at that point, how long? Um, 20 years. Okay. And, and the vast majority of the new message from God had already been given. And so these briefings came as a shock to him. He wasn't a reader of ufology. He wasn't a researcher. Uh, in fact, <laughs> he was pretty reluctant to even, to, to even look at the whole uncomfortable ET question, really. And, and it is uncomfortable when you look into the phenomena itself. It's, I, I often ask people, you know, I ask them if they can show me one, one thing, one aspect of, of the UFO contact phenomenon that suggests that these beings are here for our good. Right. And I don't hear much in response yeah. to that, that question. Um, so it's an uncomfortable reality, and it was for him. And when this message came through, Marshall was already in the state of mind, really a state of revelation, to receive it, and it came through him in the course of a couple days. And what you read in the books is what was spoken through him, and uh, we were all as amazed as he was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's how, it, that's how it went. And yet here we are talking with you tonight. So at some point, you also, um, whether you had an epiphany or made a conscious decision to uh, help and carry on the work of your father, I mean, what happened there? How, how did you become involved? Yeah, well, it's... Uh... <clears throat> One of my earlier memories was attending a talk that my father gave when I was about 16, so about three years after Allies of Humanity Book One was was received. Um, And he was giving a talk, maybe 30, 35 people, um, 
And I, I heard my father, here I'm in the middle of high school, right, right in, the, in the trenches of, of teenage life, uh, with my own plans and goals, my own interests and hobbies and so forth. And I, I heard my father present this perspective about humanity's emergence into a greater community of intelligent life, and that this is really the next step for the human race. This is, I mean, beyond interacting with each other, what is it? Right? Yeah. It's interacting with the other the other ninety nine point nine 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 percent of life out there in some way. And that we are unprepared for this. This really the greatest threshold in human history. And that he was receiving a form of preparation for it. And that sixteen, it hit me between the eyes and it was just I need to help my father. I need to help him do this. Uh, fast forward, I I went to college, I got scholarships, I went and lived in the Middle East, studied in the Middle East, worked in the Middle East, and it was toward the end of one of these one of these travel, work-study trips in Jordan, in the desert, when I had my own epiphany, that my future was not out there. It was not out there in the world of international relations and, you know, uh, the world of, of more the mainstream, you know, what's happening in the mainstream of life on Earth. It was this other thing, this other thing called contact, called the greater community. And I, I think many of your listeners may resonate or may have had an experience like that, where here they're trying to invest in career, family, you know, ticking the boxes of, of social success, and there's something else. And maybe this UFO question has been probing them and calling and barking at them almost for years. So why is that? Is it really just an interest? Is it just the anomaly, the the novelty, I don't think so. I think for some of us, we're deeply connected to this. And I had my moment, and uh, that's why I'm here, sharing this message alongside my father. You've used the word God several times in several of the answers that you've given me tonight already. Let's talk about God for a second in his role, or its role, however you want to look at it, in what we're talking about tonight. Are the beings that are considered the allies of humanity, or even the others, the other extraterrestrials that are visiting here with maybe less than altruistic purposes, um, are they creatures of God? Yes. The, the universe, if, if the world is a creation of God, the universe would be a creation of God. And I, I, I think really this, I'm glad you asked this question, because this, this is where we step into the revolutionary nature of, of the Allies' briefings, because they compel us to reconsider our beliefs and ideas about the, the core values, the core concepts of being, of being alive. I mean, God's work in the world, this world, is connected to God's work in other worlds. So what does that mean about God? Is God, does, does an individual really come to God through Jesus alone, or another prophet or, or teacher? How is that possible if God is at work in billions of worlds beyond our own? So there, part of the new message from God is exactly, is exactly this. It really is a revelation about God. God is speaking again about God's self in a larger panorama of life in this universe that we live in. Um, as for the visitors, well, yes, they, they are part of God's creation, you could say, as are the allies, as are you and I. Um, are they being motivated uh, authentically by by that spiritual presence within them? No, no, they're not. These these are physical beings with prosaic uh, and self-serving reasons for being here. 
And I, I think this is, it's interesting. It, the Allies' briefings paint a picture of what life, extraterrestrial life, is really like out there. You know, what's really going on? Interaction, trade, travel, conflict. It's really fascinating to get that window. And what you see through that window is that it's, it's kind of like it is down here, up there, but much more complex, uh, not human in any respect, really. But the basic rules and laws of nature, competition, resources prevail. So, yes, there is a divine aspect to this event, to contact, to us making contact with other forms of life, absolutely. But the truth is that we are dealing with physical beings who are here for, uh, for, for real purposes that we need to understand. Why was Marshall chosen for this? To deliver this message? I don't know. It, that's, that's a mystery to me. Um, seeing my father walk that, that road uh, and go through this process of you know, really foregoing having a major career in the world or having a worldly uh, identity and standing and respect and all that, and taking this other path as a mystic, as a man in communication with the other side, with the angelic side, and staying true to that, um, rendering that message faithfully, which he, I think he has most certainly done. It's, it's very special to see that, and yet why him? Great question. I don't know. But the, the important thing in my mind is that the message has been given. It's available for, to people to read. It's been translated in, into 30 languages at this point. Um, it's being studied in over 90 countries. And, and the message, what is the message? Well, in essence, it's that our world is in the act of taking its next great step out into a larger universe of life. We are not prepared for this, and we need to be. And only the creator of all life could truly prepare us for this, because the creator of all life is the creator of all that. And no human in the world, uh, even the best scientists, even, even the, government, the, the factions of government that have been working in concert with those visiting our world, even they could not prepare us for what life is like out there. And so this divine revelation is here. And when you go and read it, judge it by its own, by its own merits. You know, the, the proof is in the message, and, and it either resonates or it doesn't, as truth to you. In order for humanity to take that next step, to become um, to the point where we can uh, move into this greater community, does all of humanity have to accept these teachings, or just does it have to be uh, a half of humanity? Is there is there a level that we have to get to as a race to be able to make that move, or does it have to be everybody? Well, I don't think it has to be everybody. Um, in terms of who needs to receive this message... That's a mystery as well, and it really comes down to who's listening and and if if this message stirs something for them, and once they go read it, if it if it is a sense of it's an experience of confirmation or not. Um, but this message is what it is. It is a message. Right. It's a message for Christians, for Muslims, for atheists. It doesn't require you to leave where you are or to leave your house and come to someone else's house, religiously speaking or spiritually speaking. It's it's simply a communication from a divine source and a communication from the allies of humanity. And I'm sure there is a critical mass of people who need to see the situation facing our planet clearly and be in a position to bring forth their contribution 
I think there probably is a critical mass. Maybe it's 2%, 3%. But I think that's what we're working towards is is simply reaching enough people with this perspective and, and seeing what it brings alive in them. Right. And the goal here is, and I'm going to quote from your website, humanity uh, is emerging into a greater community of intelligent life. What is that greater community? Does that mean that we have we have and can accept regular contact with other races from other worlds? Or is there a spiritual component to that? Is it both? Mm. The greater community is the physical universe. That is the meaning of that term. And the, that physical universe as the new message reveals, is inhabited by billions and billions of intelligent forms of life that are all part of the larger plan of the Creator for this universe, just as much as we are. So we're no longer the center of this universe, in case you didn't know. (laughs) Uh, The new message and the Allies certainly certainly make that clear. Uh, We are part of this, this greater panorama of life interacting, evolving, um, uniting, ultimately. And so that is what the greater community means, simply means this universe of intelligent life. Our contact with it, uh, it is a religious event in a sense, because we are not the center of God's universe. We are coming in contact with other forms of life that are just as much as a part of God's plan as we are. And and that that will challenge our religions. That will challenge our, our notions of, of God and the divine. Um, but really, the need is that humanity overcome its own internal conflicts, cease its environmental, uh, its, its destruction of the Earth's environment, and unite enough functionally to be one people in a universe of life able to interact with other forms of life as one world. And it is that purpose that the Allies put forward is, as what we need to be working on. I want to talk about the books. Uh, there are four volumes in this series, and uh, where can people read them? All four books are free online. You can read them at alliesofhumanity.org. Uh, and then, of course, they're available in print and ebook form as well. Now, I notice on the website that the books are available there, but you also have uh, links or tabs or pages or whatever uh, you want to call them uh, for more involvement. What other types of things can people do if this message uh, grabs them and they want to become more involved? Well, I would recommend that they consider um, beginning the book of preparation, Steps to Knowledge. Uh, This is a book of daily practices given specifically to begin to bring the thinking mind into contact with what the new message calls knowledge or the knowing mind. This knowing mind is, in essence, who we are, is you could call it your your higher self, Um, but it is your higher self connected to reality, not just reality in this world, but beyond this world. And so the steps to knowledge over the course of a full year slowly bring um, bring you into uh, contact with this knowledge and into awareness of the greater community. Um, I would also add that there is a, a large and growing community of people, very vibrant and, and active all around the world, uh, and then you can be be a part of that if you'd like. It it's, uh, lives at community.newmessage.org. And these are people who are taking the steps to knowledge, reading the Allies' briefings, um, speaking out against the intervention, and promoting human unity and the preservation of our Earth's environment. So this is a movement of people, really, that the Allies are, are starting and that others of us are taking forward. 
Now, as you learn to embrace the message and understand the messages um, and, and continued working with your father, Marshall, uh, did it change the way you looked at the world around you or maybe the universe around you? Well, I think when you come to realize that we're not alone and that other forms of intelligent life are in the world, influencing the world, and that this is an irreversible process, our isolation which has functionally existed for millennia, although there has been ancient contact, but not, not like there is now. Our isolation is coming to an end, and that humanity is being forced in, inexorably towards this extraterrestrial universe, merged together into really one world, one world community, because that's, that really is the evolutionary track that we're on. When you see that, it does change how you see the world. Now you look at religious conflict in a different light. You look at your own personal aspirations, career, family, you know, possessions, everything in a different light. You start to wonder, maybe I'm in the world to play a part in this in some way. Maybe I have something to contribute if, if this really is where our world is going. And so, yeah, I, it was a sea change for me, and, and I know for many others, when they, when they finally come to understand the nature of contact and, and who's in our world and why, and what it actually will mean, maybe not only in our lifetimes, maybe in you know, future lifetimes, that, that changes how you see life, for sure, in a positive way, a very positive way. I mean, if anything, I, I personally cannot side with one group in a human conflict. I look at Brexit. I look at the war in the Middle East or wars in the Middle East. I, I even look at left and right in this country, and I can't identify with a group or a tribe or a nation alone. I am human. I, I am I I advocate for the success and survival of this human family. That's what I'm about. And to meet others who feel the same way is very inspiring. Uh, just a quick thank you to the radio stations carrying the program around the country. We continue to add to our affiliate list. More and more uh, markets getting the program, so welcome. And if you happen to listen to the show as a downloadable podcast after the fact, we welcome you too. Those numbers are astonishing. Thank you to everyone who downloads this program um, basically four days a week because Friday is always a best of program here on the show. Um, but those are, are numbering 10,000 or so a day. So thank you very much for doing that. We appreciate you taking the time. I hope it helps your morning commute or whatever you happen. Maybe you're exercising on the treadmill, whatever it is. I hope hope it uh, makes your day go a little better. So thank you for doing that. Our guest tonight, Reed Summers, we're talking about the allies of humanity. Reed is a teacher and an author and uh the website that you need to check out is alliesofhumanity.org. And, Reed, I want to get back to the message a little bit. Another uh, phrase that I happen to notice on the website, it says, ethically advanced races have or had an obligation to bequeath their wisdom to young emerging races, which I'm assuming we are considered the young emerging race in this particular statement. Um, what makes these other races, who we would consider to be the allies here, um, eth- ethically advanced? Well, let me, let me first reference that, that quote. Um, that quote is referring to free worlds in our local universe of, of space who have been served in their own emergence, who were challenged by intervention themselves and came out through that experience and preserved their freedom and sovereignty. And um, because of those who served them, the allies to them, they are called to be allies to others. And in this case, several of these races, individuals, 
who are a part of these races felt called to become allies of humanity in this way. So quite quite inspiring um, story there, actually, about the allies and their mission and why they undertook it. Uh, as to your question, why or how can they? How can we know that they are benevolent? Um, well, the proof is in their message, to be honest. I can't present to you a proof that these races come from X world with Y intent uh, for N purpose. You know, their, their message is their message. And in discerning an extraterrestrial message, I think there are definitely some key points to consider. Um, first, is it verified by observable phenomena? Is it verified by what we can see? Because if not, they're asking us to take a huge leap of faith, that they're saying something exists that we cannot actually see. That would be the first. Um, second, is it plausible? Is their message even within the, the range of ration and reason and what would be plausible to us as the recipients of the message? And then third, who does it empower? Who does it give power to? Does it give power to the visitors? Does it give power to humanity? Does it give power to our our institutions, our governments, or to the people themselves. And to me, those three variables are, are, are a good way of looking at any message that is supposedly from an off-planet source. And when I apply that to the Allies of Humanity briefings, they're speaking about the phenomena that we are seeing, UFO sightings, things that we're hearing about, alien abduction, uh, long-standing government collusion with those visiting our world, and the repression of this information and awareness in the general populace. All things we can see. Is it plausible? Very plausible. Uh, it's actually evidently nature-based. They're basically saying you live in a universe that functions by the laws of nature. It is real. It is not fantastical. It is not a fantasy. It's a real universe. You should regard contact as a real event. Very plausible to me. And who does it empower? It, empower, it really does empower the individual. Not only does it empower humanity by saying the Allies say that they cannot come here, intervene, they cannot stop those negative forces in our world from functioning here, only we can take ownership of, of the world that is ours and really own our future, whether it's a future of subjugation or a future as a free race. And even beyond that, the Allies empower the individual, and, and this is what's very interesting and unique about the Allies of Humanity. They speak of the major solution to all of this being the spiritual intelligence that each person possesses, that has the ability to perceive the truth impartially and without manipulation. This is the part of us that cannot be manipulated. And I don't know if some of your viewers have felt this way, but I know I've heard others have told me this, that they feel like someone is messing with them sometimes. Right. They're not quite sure their thoughts are their own. They're not quite sure where their emotions come from, their impulses come from. I think this is a very common experience. Now, we have to take ownership of our own psychology, right? We can't ascribe all of our experience to otherworldly forces or presences. But the truth is, there is non-human intelligence functioning in our world. And the power of that intelligence, the alien nature of that intelligence, is influencing the mental environment of our world. And the Allies of Humanity described this. In fact, it's one of the purposes of the intervention to influence the mental environment, the environment of thought and emotion, and tilt the balance, sow the seeds of disunity and conflict, uh, sow the seeds of distrust in human authority, 
All of these things are growing in the world. You can see this. It's very clear. There is growing division. There's loss of trust in human authority. And then, of course, there are numerous messages on the open Internet promoting extraterrestrial salvation. Basically, every attempt, uh, basically the intervention is making every attempt to convince us that only they can save us. Only they can bail us out of this planetary crisis we're in, whether it's uh, through spiritual ascension, whether it's through the frequencies that we operate on, whether it's through free technology, governance from afar, the return of a religious leader or savior, all of these things are are being promoted widely out there. Um, so I think all told, when you step back and look at the briefings, they are an expression of wisdom, reason. And the Allies are not seeking to plant themselves here. They're not asking us to join some sort of federation whose rules and laws, you know, we would just submit to, I guess. <laughs> They're giving us plain wisdom and, and, the, and, and, and a real calling, actually, a calling to do what we already know we need to do, which is to unite sufficiently to survive on this planet Earth in a larger universe of life. And that, to me, is a very plausible and grounded message. Reed, do, do the Allies offer an indication of who they feel the bigger threat is here? Are we the bigger threat to ourselves, or are these other alien visitors, uh, these other alien races that are uh, trying to make contact, are they the bigger threat to us achieving this uh, membership in the greater community? Those extraterrestrial forces in our world are the bigger threat, most certainly, because, yes, we are changing our climate, we are destroying our environment at a breakneck pace, and this could throw in question the viability of human civilization, and I think it is. And many do feel that. Many sense that. But ultimately, the intervention is the greater threat, because we can piece things back together on Earth. We can slowly find common ground. We can slowly restore our environment. But as we become more, uh, as we become weaker, in, in our position on Earth, as our environment declines, as this unity grows, all of this makes us vulnerable to intervention in very, uh, in, in irreversible ways, really. And the Allies describe this. You know, already extraterrestrial technology is being received by certain forces in the world. This is very dangerous. This is sowing the seeds of our future reliance on outside forms of technology and the resources that go into making them and fueling them. Um, these are things that cannot be reversed. The Allies describe a human-alien hybridization program underway, a multi-decade program to produce a leadership that looks, acts, talks, walks, just like we do, but is fundamentally not us and is aligned to the agenda of the visitors. This is irreversible and to, to some degree. I mean, I, I think we can... we can work through that, and the Allies yeah. of Humanity are a demonstration of that because this happened to them. That's why they're here. They went through the same experience, and it was extremely difficult and trying, and they barely made it. And therefore, they know the risk that we face. Even as we face our own worldly problems, we, they know the greater problem and threat that we face, and that is the extraterrestrial intervention in our world.
you know, we, we have uh, a lot of what we would consider to be apocalyptic scenarios facing us, whether it's an environmental catastrophe, it's a nuclear war, it's uh, um, some type of weather event or earthquake or volc- super volcano. I mean, we, we are talking about these things at a, at, at a what would be an alarming uh, rate anymore. If we were to face something like that, are the allies of humanity ready to, to step in and help us in a physical way? Help help us survive something like that? No, they are not, and they reveal why. They they talk about some of the rules and regulations that operate in our local region of space. Uh, they do they do make some very interesting statements that that are are worth considering. First, they say that we live actually in a pretty well inhabited part of the of this galaxy. We're not out in the void. We're not surrounded by nothing. We're actually surrounded by. Uh, very old nation-states that have been functioning for even longer than human civilization has existed and have established very long-standing agreements regarding interaction, trade, and things like war and conflict and intervention. Um, So the Allies themselves say that they are not permitted to come and intervene in our world. One reason is because they have agreed to non-intervention agreements. Now, you could say, well, why is there an alien intervention then? How are they allowed to do this? Well, good question. There, but, but that intervention is functioning, um, on a, marching to a whole different drummer. Um, they are here as a very small expeditionary force, and their primary effort is to promote human acquiescence to their presence and to actually engender our support for them to be here, because if we vocalize that support for extraterrestrial intervention, then they're not intervening. They're welcomed. They're a trade partner, not an invader. Um, They're a visitor, not an intruder. And so how humanity responds to their presence and communicates either, either willingness for them to be here or desire for them not to be here is a huge thing. And in fact, this is, this gets down to really what we all can do. Uh, It doesn't take that many voices to send a message that we do not want this intervention in our world. We do not want unethical contact and the violation of human beings, which is exactly what is happening. It doesn't take that many voices for that voice to be potentially heard beyond our world. But to get back to your question, the allies of humanity have made it clear they are not able to mount any sort of uh, rescue or uh, intervention in our world to stop either environmental decline or any other force in, in the world. Uh, in fact, they're a very small group. They're, they're, you know, they're just a few individuals who are here in secret to observe this intervention and, and report to us. And the question is, can we see this for what it is? You know, are we ready to go beyond the question of what's happening, who's flying in our skies, to what this means and what we must do about it? You said that... Um something about uh, technology being exchanged from these less than altruistic alien visitors with uh, forces here on earth. I'm assuming you're talking about governments. Is that what you were talking about? Correct. Yes. And are, are we um, talking about the, um, the federal, the U S government as well? To be honest, I don't know, but the allies have said that, that technology has been transferred, um, but that many more offers will come. And, and those offers to take extraterrestrial technology, which really could be trinkets from space. It could be the chip inside the next, you know, device, the next rage. 
it doesn't really transform life on Earth. It makes somebody rich or powerful or supreme, and that's the problem, is that there are many individuals in power who would be tantalized by these offers in, in politics, commerce, and religion, all three. And these offers from this off-planet power um, to promote one group over another or to create wealth here, not there, really is, is a powerful force for disunity and distrust and conflict in the world. And, and more than that, it, it, it will sow the seeds of our reliance upon them in the future, is what the Allies say. And some of this technology has already been placed into the hands of some of these people. Probably. Um, what, what that is and where it all is now and what it's, what it's doing in the world, I do not know. Hmm. It's, a, it's kind of a, a scary thought. I, you know, we have a lot of conversations that start to make sense when you put them in the perspective of what you just said. And, you know, these, these ideas of government control and government conspiracy and deep state and all of those discussions start to circle around this idea that there may be something like this going on in those back rooms, right? Yeah, well, you know, I, you know some, some would say that um, a lot of these deep state uh, black budget programs began when contact began. It all began with this. This is really, you could say, the mother of all conspiracies. And by mother, I mean this is what's birthing them. The alien presence is both birthing authentic conspiracies to profit from their presence, to incorporate their technology or what have you, but also, in another way, the intervention itself is birthing conspiracies to cloud create a smoke screen through which people cannot see clearly who's here, when it could be extraordinarily uh, plain as day right in front of them. And part of my purpose is really to clear that smoke screen away. Uh, again, we're talking with Reed Summers tonight, and we're talking about the Allies of Humanity. The website is alliesofhumanity.org. And Reed, you know, a question I'm sure you get in, in probably every discussion you have, and it's one that we have often when we talk about any kind of UFO or alien contact. And that is, why not make it more obvious? Why not land on the proverbial White House lawn with your message? Why is it, is the message being delivered in, in, I don't know if cryptic is the right word, but I'll use it in a, in a somewhat mm-hmm. cryptic way? Mm. Well, it's a message for the people. So it's, it's not going to come through an official uh, channel, for example, and I, I actually, I think of this often, you know, people, we all want disclosure. We want the government to tell us what they've been doing. But would we trust the government to tell us what they've been doing? <laughs> yeah, good point. You know, I mean, yes, if the Air Force came out and said, indeed, there have been alien craft in our skies, we've recovered some, that would be believable. But what they would say next, I don't think people would believe. And, and therefore, to be asking for disclosure at that very public, very visible level, uh, well, it's not, I don't think it's going to happen. For the Allies of Humanity, like I said, they, they are here in secret. They cannot reveal themselves, certainly not to the populace of, of the world. Uh, they can't even reveal themselves to the intervention. And in fact, the intervention found out about them, their briefings, uh, after the first book was given in the late 90s. And the Allies say in their later books that they were pursued out of the solar system and had to take a defensive position at a, at a very distant place uh, to give their further briefing. So they're not physically here anymore. Second, yes, you could ask, why wouldn't they give their message to someone with standing, with authority, with a, with a, with a, a huge audience, you know? And ask yourself, 
could a person like that authentically bring forward that message, uh, potentially sacrificing their audience and their standing to do so? Uh, if someone of great authority in religion or even politics were to do so, it would disenfranchise others on the opposite side of the aisle. And so, in a strange way, and I know, I know that may not be very satisfying, you know, to, to hear that, we all would love a very visible demonstration that just says it's happening, there you go, we, it's in the public, uh, and that's not happening. Why? And that, that's reasonable. Um, but when you look at it, it, it would be very difficult to share a message with this planet. Okay, we are 180-plus countries. There's great opposition between those countries. Who speaks for this world? Nobody. You know, the United Nations can barely wield a stick large enough to make things work or happen in this world. They need to. And so we're disunified. Any authority that would receive a message like this, well, others would be opposed to it automatically because of that authority. The Allies are not physically here. They cannot make a landing, you know, on the proverbial White House lawn. And the intervention, those who are here, they want to carefully sculpt public perception. They don't want a mass public event that suddenly puts the spotlight on them. They want to carefully acclimate the public to the symbols of extraterrestrial life, to the concepts of extraterrestrial saviors in, in all domains of human society, and they want to do, the, do so slowly over time in concert with their hybridization program. So I think we have to accept that that, that, that highly visible event uh, is not going to happen. And we, we have to, the burden is really on us. Can we see and know this for what it is? And I would say there's enough evidence to point to the truth that we are being visited and that those visiting our world are demonstrating behavior, that suggests an agenda not in our best interest. I think that is as clear as day. And even without the Allies of Humanity briefings, we should be able to see that. Let's jump to our listener line. This is Al calling from Texas. Hey, Al, welcome to the program. Great. Thank you. Great show tonight. And first of all, I have to say that uh, I was turned on to the Allies of Humanity about 10 years ago. Robert Stanley, UFO researcher, and I were in some conversations, and he said I needed to take a look at this stuff. And I've been researching my whole life after seeing a large craft over my house when I was a child. Okay, so I've looked into everything. I've seen everything. And I have to say that the Allies of Humanity briefings is the only thing I've ever seen that makes sense. And when people ask me, how do you know it's true? And I tell them, well, how do I even know the world is round? I don't know it's round. I have to take what people, the facts they give me, and make my own conclusions, and it makes sense. And everything in the Allies of Humanity makes sense with what's going on in the world today. Now, as far as the acceleration of technologies there's one angle where they, you know, would give us gifts and have us think that those are for our betterment and, and it's what we want. There's something that the briefings mention that I think is very, very important, and that is that uh, Reed had mentioned in, uh, influence in the mental environments and the ability to inject thoughts in people's heads. And the briefings say that the early discoveries in electronics and communications, radio, and we're talking about Tesla and Marconi now, that ideas, these um, inventions were injected into these people's minds to accelerate the technology 
which turned from Morse code into uh, RTTY transmissions, into uh, telephonics, into fax, into data transfer, into the Internet. And the briefings say that the Allies, wait, not the Allies, the intervention postponed their intervention in the world waiting for this network of communication to be worldwide and instantaneous to where they could implement a worldwide plan. So I just thought it's, it's and if we look at where Google has gone, at where um, uh, the gathering of intelligence and artificial intelligence now tracking and tracing, and even in China controlling people's social scoring, and the Allies warn us that anyone who does not conform to this new control system will be ostracized or destroyed. And it fits perfectly with what we see happening in the world. And it, this thing about this wonderful Internet that we have is a part of a plan that started with Marconi and Tesla. And now we have to use it to our advantage now as a, as a form of resistance. But when I look at the world and I see the things that are going on, and I read the Allies of Humanity, it all falls in place. And I remember Karen Hughes when she did a uh, Red Ice interview, the, uh, Karen Hughes, World Bank whistleblower. She was talking about the power structures in the world and how it rose up through the corporations and the economic structures and up through the religious institutions to the very tops of the pyramid of power in the world. And he asked, well, where does it go above them. Who's controlling the controllers? And she said, well, if I answer that question, you're going to cut me off. And he said, no, answer it. We talk about anything here. And she, she, she hesitated. And then she said, it goes off planet. And she went to talk about a meeting that they had had at the World Bank where this hominid shows up with these steely blue eyes and an elongated skull. So this stuff is real. And these hybrids that are placed this is not something that's going to happen. It's been rapidly advancing. We've got hybrids that are not in the public view that are placed next to people in positions of power and influence who are running a program right now that's not one that we would want for ourselves. So we really need to get together as a people and roots up, you know, ground roots up, yeah. establish uh, a new world for ourselves. Uh, under the, you know, under under some real ethics um, that we can draw on from from a deeper wisdom that Reed's talking about, and that's all I wanted to say. Thank you for letting me in. It's a wonderful show, and I'm so glad that you're getting this out there because uh, the whole world really does need to get this message. Well, Al, thank you for the call, and thank you for making those great points and great observations. Um, uh, quickly, because I do want to get to another call here, but quickly, Reed, any comments on that? Um, well. You know, I can't comment on, on the origins of, of our current technological communication system in the world, but um, it is true the Allies say the intervention, why now and why not 100 years ago, 500 years ago? A number of reasons. One of them is the infrastructure needed to influence enough people in the world and ultimately to use in order to extract what they're here to extract from the planet itself. They needed to wait for that infrastructure to come into place. Um, I will say that I'm, I'm hearing both of you, you know, Al from Texas and, 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 and UJV, you know, saying that, my God, stuff starts to make sense. And why is that? It's because there is something disturbing the human landscape. There's something disturbing us 
our societies, our political structures. There is, there is a force in our midst. It is invisible. It is hard to detect, but it's there, like dark matter in the universe. You can't see it, but you know it's there. <laughs> and, and what that is is the intervention. When you come to see that there is a controller above the controllers, a conspiracy behind the conspiracies, then things begin to make sense. And without that, it really is pointing fingers at each other. It's who said what, who did what. It's either a government is out to take over the world or a dark secretive group, or it's a conspiracy of this or that. It doesn't make sense, though. Why would a human do that to other humans? What is the end game? Well, the end game is to profit off the presence of extraordinarily advanced technological societies who are here in our world. But those societies are not revealing their purposes, and they're engaging in activities that are basically uh, stealing the kingdom out from under the king. All right, let's try to get another call in here. Uh, this is TJ. Is this TJ from Rhode Island? Yes, it is. Hey, TJ, welcome. Oh, thank you. And <laughs> a question for the guest is regarding the Dark Knight satellite that I always hear about, and what connection, if any, is there to whichever group might be behind it? Because usually I hear very positive things regarding uh, bursts of energy that increase mental activity and creativity. Usually it hits the uh, high-profile people, and so I'm wondering where, if any place, does this fall in? And I'll take the answer off the air. Thanks for the call, TJ. Uh, TJ, I, I personally have not heard of that theory or that um, that reality that you spoke of. Um, the Allies do make clear that in prior decades there were forces present in our world that, that would support uh, humanity's uh, growth and advancement, but that those forces have since, in recent more recent years, re- um, pulled away from the world to create an unambiguous situation where humanity to basically see who's in our world and what they're doing and why. What that means is that those in our world today, all of them, with almost no exception, are part of this intervention. Because true allies to humanity, how could they function here? How could they be in our skies as well as the intervention and expect us to be able to tell the two apart? Um, So there's a very dangerous form of contact underway now. When that tipped to become the majority or the entirety of contact, I do not know. But the Allies do say that there are no forces in our world today uh, that are influencing human psyche or human society or human spirituality in a positive way. Thank you for the call, TJ. All right, we've only got a couple minutes left, Reed. I want to ask a question that was presented in our chat room. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if the uh, briefings offer an answer to this, but uh, one of our chatters asked, if there was a way that we, as just individuals, as as kind of, uh, I guess, maybe pawns in much of this, um, have a way to contact the Allies ourselves? Um, they have not spoken of that as a possibility. Uh, they've said that, that Marshall was identified as, as the recipient for their briefings, and uh, they've given their briefings. And beyond that, it's really up to us to realize, to have the realization that we are the native people of the quote of, of a new world, in essence, we are undergoing first contact with commercial forces who are here to to gain control and to extract. Uh, that's not; those aren't the only beings in this universe. The universe is as diverse as the world. You know, good, bad, and neutral. All of it's out there. But because all of it's out there, does not mean that's who we're going to make contact with first. 
So the Allies have presented their briefings. Um, they're not opening up their channel to, to be in touch with others at this point. Uh, Marshall himself does not know when they will speak next or if they will. And book four of the Allies of Humanity was given about three years ago, just published. Uh, Marshall and myself and all those working with him, uh, we have no idea where the Allies are or when they might speak again or if they ever will. Um, but I think we, the, the truth is we have what we need. You know, it's been decades of researching question number one, what is happening? We're at the point now where we need to bring this topic of UFOs, contact, abductions, all of it, out of the dark alleys and onto Main Street. It's time for the majority of people to learn about this reality. And I think in the years ahead, we will see pulses of awareness. Now, I'm not sure who's behind that and what their, <laughs> what their idea is for that, <laughs> uh, but more people will become aware of this. And it's critical that they get the awareness of the, rea- the reality of contact, that we are facing an intervention, the education about what life is like beyond our world, enough to know why we, why we would be uh, encountering these you know, negative forces from beyond, and then the preparation, what we must do. And that's really uh, the most important thing, is what we would do next. I know we've, uh, we've said it a few times, but um, where can people read the briefings? Uh, if you go to alliesofhumanity.org, the briefings are all there. Um, book four, we just published last weekend. It's on Amazon for just a dollar. So buy that, share that, consider that message. And the whole, the whole series from the Allies of Humanity, I think it's all four books present something very unique and important. And they, they present a pathway of preparation that people can take. And there's a community of people in the world gathering to undertake that preparation and really to be forerunners for this big evolutionary step we're taking as a world and undergo the preparation on the inside themselves so that they can support that preparation on the outside worldwide. Reed, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you, JV. I appreciate this a lot. And tomorrow night we're going to, going to be talking with, uh, looks like, Joshua P. Warren. Josh will be on to talk about what's going on on the ground at Area 51 as we approach this storm Area 51 weekend. I want to emphasize no one is actually storming Area 51, or no one should be anyway. But there will be a lot going on there this weekend as all eyes in the UFO community are turning their attention to Area 51, rightfully so. All right, we're going to go for tonight, and we will see you tomorrow. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Thanks for being here. Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.Taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.